We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oklahoma City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough step back. Gets up the shot. Banks This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. Coming to you live Thursday, September 22nd. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. I'm your host for the evening. Back from the COVID grave, Jacob Niffin. Got my guy Taylor Peterson here. Happy that we uh, have some, some actual content starting today. I also have Nick Crane with me. Lots of methodical quotes that we don't know what they actually mean. Lots of sophisticated uh, Greek philosophy quotes today. <laughs> I can't believe Pert got a shout out. And as, Pert as got a shout out that had that had wise things to say. That was kind of shocking. Yeah, they should uh, they should quote his wife sometime. Maybe some of the <laughs> stuff she said whenever she tried to fist fight people at the nail salon. <laughs> Thunder, you philosopher. Before we get started, though, the most pressing thing from today, from from Thunderland, some of the guys went to the fair. And Thunder Media, social media, dropped a video of the guys at the fair. So I need to ask you guys, when's the last time you went to the fair? Um, I grew up going to the Tulsa State Fair a bunch, um, mostly for the free crap. Like if you walk around the the booths and stuff, you could leave with like a million things, which none of it's worth anything. But as a kid, like free stuff is so cool. Haven't been to the Tulsa Fair in probably a decade, if not longer. But now that I live in Dallas, I go to the Texas State Fair every year, which is way better. A, a little a little different. Like I think the the attractions are are there for different reasons. Like it's less about getting your brand out there and having vendors and booths and then a few rides. And it's more like half the damn thing is ride. And the other half is just the craziest food you've ever heard of. So it's more of just a different experience. Um, 
but I always enjoy going. I'm not a huge ride guy at the fair. Like if I'm going to go out ride rides, I'll go to Six Flags. <laughs> that's yeah, you know, 20 minutes the other direction. Nick, my my rule there, my rule of thumb is never ride a ride from that's assembled and ran by a man with 10 teeth and a fifth grade reading level. Yeah, I, I don't trust <laughs> it at all. Bad plan. But I do trust the deep fried Oreo mixed with buffalo sauce inside of a deviled egg. That's trip. I'm, I'm just making shit up, but that actually could like, be wait, a real wait, thing. Wait, what? That could be a real thing. <laughs> this that uh, thing is like I was following you there until you said like deviled egg. It was like okay. He's... <laughs> but Taylor, when's the last time Oreo. you went to the fair? Oh man. Um, so growing up, like Nick, uh, we both grew up in the Owasso area. Uh, we did I. Like my family didn't go to the fair very often. So when I got older, like high school was like all the, all of our friends want to go to the fair. Um, and I took summer to the fair. This would have been like, we've been married for four years. This is probably like barely even a year into being married. Um, and it was one of her first times at the fair also, which is really funny because she kind of has OCD. So like walking her through the fair, she's just like staring at all these lights, just in awe. That was pretty funny. I gave her a uh, a hard time. So probably like three-ish years ago, something like that. Um, I think it's Tulsa been longer for me. Oh, the and, Tulsa State Fair. Yeah, I've always gone to the Oklahoma City State Fair. Um, not a rides guy, like I mentioned. I will me, do some of the food. Uh, we have a funny fair ride story, though. If, uh, oh, let's hear it. I'm ready. Too. So, <laughs> Nick, do you remember the uh, the Owasso Fair? That would go on each year by crossing McDonald's. Trail days? Is that what it was? Trail days. Yeah. Trail days. Yeah. Do you also remember when I was uh, dating a specific, uh, we won't name her on the podcast because that could be weird if, like, I don't know, people looked her up or something. Um, doesn't really matter. I don't care. <laughs> but I'm not going to put her name on the podcast. However, I was dating a specific person, like sophomore year, maybe freshman year of high school. I and uh, we went to, <laughs> she had blonde hair. It was probably not the one oh, you're thinking of. Okay. Before Different the one order. you're thinking okay, of. Okay. Okay. Taylor had a lot of girlfriends growing up. I don't yeah. <laughs> Hard to keep a track of all the look. <laughs> At the same time. I mean, you know. Anyways, we uh, go to trail, trail Days, which is essentially like the Owasso State Fair, <laughs> which is even smaller than the Tulsa State Fair. Anyways, there's this ridiculous, I think it's called like the Slinger or something. It's basically like a Ferris wheel with like these carts that just flip up and down the whole time. Oh, yeah. I'm out. I'm out. So I'm, I'm in there with my girlfriend. And I just like, we're going through it. I'm not feeling good. I'm telling her I'm not feeling good. She's looking at me like, oh no. And we finally get to the the very end. I vomit all over that spinning cart. Oh, it was, it's even worse. It's still flipping. Oh no. So everybody got it. So her and I both are covered and throw up. It it was really good grief. Anyways, good times. Um, Have not been a big fan of fair rides ever since. So here we are. Yeah, I don't do fair rides. I go to the fair for the food, although you have to take out a second mortgage to buy me food. Uh, It's incredibly expensive. Uh, People watching at the fair is a blast. How many kids can you find on leashes? How many insane clown posse shirts can you count? How many mullets? Um, I don't know. It's the the person to teeth ratio was always fun. Uh, person to teeth ratio. The, the fair the fair is a fun time. All right, before we get into real basketball content, a few programming notes for you guys who listen to the uncontested. 
First off, stickers are back in. Yes. Here's what they look like, too, if you're watching the live stream. They are beautiful. Oh, I got to turn it that way. They are awesome. You want a free sticker? Really easy. All you got to do is go to wherever you download your podcasts, drop a five-star rating. If it's got a place to uh, write a review, write a little review. Screenshot that bad boy and DM it to us on any social media platform. Along with your shipping address, I will mail you out a sticker. I dropped like 10 off at the, the post office, I think, yesterday. So get those in. Second thing, the uncontested hats, which have this logo on it, will be here hopefully on Monday. It is a limited supply. You want a hat? Get in the DMs. Tell us you want a hat. We'll tell you how to order. We'll get you hooked up and get you a hat. A pretty cool uncontested event is on the horizon about 30 days away. We are very excited for it. We're going to have more information for you in the coming weeks. We're putting the finishing touches on everything, but a pretty awesome event. So be on the lookout for that. And lastly, a change to our schedule. We will not be on the show this Sunday. Instead, we are recording Monday night this week because that will be the day or the, the evening of OKC Thunder Media Day. And then next week after we record on Monday, uh, we will also do a Wednesday show. And then we'll do our normal Sunday show on October 2nd. After that, we are switching to season mode because on yes. October 3rd is the Not first preseason wait. game. Cannot we are wait. switching to season schedule, which means an uncontested podcast after every Oklahoma City Thunder basketball game and then every Sunday night at 9 p.m., so just so you know, the the order of how your pods like show up in your feed will not be late Wednesday and late Sundays anymore. Um, it is changing because basketball is upon us. Super excited. So Can with all that being wait. said, yeah, can I, I'm super excited. We've already got the schedule out. We've been signing up for who's going to do what post games. Like it's that time of year, boys. It's exciting. With all that being said, we do have some Thunder content to talk about. We don't have to dig deep in the bag to find something to talk about. Although you guys did an awesome show on Sunday uh, in my stead. I appreciate that. First thing we're going to talk about tonight is Shea Alexander is injured. My phone buzzes in class yesterday. <laughs> Taylor, I look Nick at will it. will not stop blowing you up. And I was like, what, <laughs> what is this? And it's a Twitter notification. Shea Gilgis Alexander MCL sprain plans to be reevaluated in two weeks. Presty told us today at his press conference that Shea sprained it at, at the practice facility, at the Thunder practice facility during a workout. He said it felt fine. He finished the workout, went on about his day, but woke up the next morning with stiffness in his knee. Presty did not seem overly concerned or worried. Nick, how serious is this? Um, Knees are tricky, like even if this is only a two to four to six week injury, whatever it might be. Um, I don't know. Anything ACL, MCL, PCL, else, any any of those ligaments are scary long term. Um, like doesn't require surgery from what I understand. It's just kind of a let it let it heal. It so, just almost makes me think that down the road later this season it could be reaggravated. I don't know. Grade two apparently is a Slightly more significant tear than a grade one, but not a full tear like a grade three would be. 
for what kinda, for what that's worth. That's I just almost kind of wish it would tear all the way and you could repair it versus a partial tear that's gonna like. I'm not a doctor. Does the ligament like grow back together? I don't know, but yeah. that almost from what I understand, me. like if you have a sprain, that is a tear. But like Correct. like whenever Nick, whenever we were about to play. Uh, pickup hoops up in Oklahoma City over the summer, and you went to try to warm up, and the first time you got on the damn court, you rolled your ankle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There was like a slight tear in that, right? That's just kind of like the way it is. And so it's not until you have like a significant tear where you have to repair it, where the body won't heal on it on its own. From what I understand, grade two is just like a bad spring, and you okay. just have to rest it, and the body heals it on its own. Man, one thing to say he has a minor sprain in his knee versus a grade two MCL. Like that just sounds so much worse. There being a, it does. Um look, I, I've said this multiple times on the podcast. I don't claim to have sources. We don't necessarily claim to have sources, but in this specific scenario, we do technically kind of have a source close to the situation who hopefully may or may not be on the podcast uh, in the upcoming future. And the source claim, or uh, I guess tended, (laughs) he confirmed what Presley said earlier. So I do not think it's going to be anything necessarily serious or long-term to Jacob's question, but will the Thunder be more cautious than the typical team would to get Shea out on the court, especially with Chet being out? I think that's a fair question to talk about here, right? Like, I, I think he's being re- reevaluated here in two weeks, and that was um, when they announced this yesterday, uh, which would have been Tuesday. So, two weeks. Yesterday from, was Wednesday or Wednesday. Thank you. It does <laughs> so, open up. Uh, it does open up minutes for guys in preseason, which could be a good thing. Yeah, True. and that's my thing is like everyone's reporting the four to six weeks, saying you know he could miss the first two two and a half weeks of the regular season. To me, there's something significant about them saying he's going to be reevaluated in two, right? If the injury is a four to six week healing process, you would think they would reevaluate in four to six weeks, and that's what they would say publicly. So I think it's interesting. Like the Lonzo Ball situation, right? Yeah, it should mean something that they are saying two weeks instead of four to six on a reevaluation. Agreed. I thought I fit. I to me, if you are playing it super conservative, you would say. We'll reevaluate in four to six weeks, and you leave a big window. But saying in two weeks, that's like the the second preseason game. You know, that's like camp isn't over at that point. You still have um, in two weeks. You have another two weeks until the first game of the regular season. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know though. I've heard that uh, this is all a fake injury and just another <laughs> step in the tank for man. Progress. I like that. I like that Sam straight up just attacked that comment today he said you know we've heard people say this is a these are fake injuries and i just love that he he doesn't hold back on that kind of stuff and he loves bashing people on twitter and surface level thinkers like we all we all say like sam is so high up he didn't hear all that stuff he does because he bashes it silently in all of his pressers nick i saw that he had a quote today that said like something about how he saw shay's ankle sprain at boston yeah in person and he said it was wicked yeah. My question is, Presty is a New England guy. He's like from outside of Boston. Did he say wicked in the Boston accent? <laughs> it was wicked. I didn't catch w- it. Wicked. It didn't quite sound like That's probably he's... not a very good Boston accent at all. <laughs> yeah, wicked, wicked smart. What was that? Wicked smart. 
He's uh he's been around OKC or he's been around Oklahoma enough to uh pick a little little bit of the southern southern twang. Yeah. My my question for you guys, I mean, it sounds like Shea for sure is out of the preseason and he's out of training camp. Who benefits most and why? See, that's interesting because I think preseason basketball, they're gonna try all kinds of shit. Like I really that's what that's what preseason is for, right? Is just to get guys minutes, try out lineups. You see some crazy shit during preseason. I remember watching Andre Robertson handle the ball in a pick and roll in a preseason game. And I was like, oh God, they've unlocked him. What do we got? It's Steven Adams shooting Adams three pointers. Yes. Exactly. They do exactly. just random stuff in preseason. So I don't know how much we're going to be able to read into, oh, is this because Shea is out? Or is this something? Or is this just some preseason BS? You know? What about camp though? Guy like, like with Shea out, someone's gonna have to be like they 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 run starters versus backup and all this like who who benefits most in terms of like opportunity to showcase skills and, and be kind of spotlighted when they may not have as much before. So I, for me, this would be and Taylor, I don't I, I might be stealing your answer here. So if I do I I apologize. No, I'm with you. For me, who that is. And if Shea misses regular season games, J-Dub, who that is, is J-Dub. I know we right. talked about like if anybody in that starting lineup is injured, you could technically sub J-Dub in. Mm-hmm. The perfect replacement for Shea is J-Dub. I mean, look at their sizes. To a T. Mm-hmm. Shea is like 6'6", 7-foot wingspan. J-Dub, 6'6", 7'2", wingspan. They're both super versatile. They have like this kind of herky-jerky awkwardly flowed game um i mean j-dub obviously isn't at the level of shea but as far as stylistically kind of fits like a glove doesn't it i I, completely i agree with you but i've got one that i want you to to marinate on um i have one too so i'm curious okay okay so this is not a guy that replaces shea directly in terms of style of play or production or even same position really usman jang um, I think if That's you slide fine. Josh and Lou to that kind of one, two, that opens up a wing spot. You know, you, you could still do three guards with, with Jada or even put Jada on the wing. But I think Usman, whether it's preseason training camp, like he, he will get the chance to like start or play starter minutes at some point in the pre, like there's like six games, like he's going to. Right. Um, but what I also think is the first part of the season is the perfect time to throw him out there for a bit before the G league starts, like see what you got with him. What do we want him to work on at the NBA level as he transitioned to the G league? Like that's the time to test Usman while you still can before he goes off to the G league in November. And that's also the time that Shea may be out. I, I love that answer. I think you're probably spot on there and I would love to see him with some of those starters as well. Um, I was going to go with Jacob and say J Dub, but I had another one because because I knew if I went first that uh you know that would be Jacob's answer. And actually, Gable here in the chat have my second guy. You know I I know it's I, and I'm guilty uh, as guilty as everyone in this situation where we're so excited about these new players coming in and learning more about them. Not that we necessarily forget about like last year's players per se, but maybe we aren't quite as excited about some of these players and the development that they've made. Um, and, and one of these players that Presley actually mentioned in his uh, preseason or his season kickoff media avail- availability is Trey man. 
And I think Trey could be one of those players, especially in preseason. Like you're saying, Nick, like not necessarily long-term in preseason, but maybe just for one game. You want to see if Trey can play alongside Giddy, play alongside Dort, um, and that starting guard front court, or I guess back court lineup and see if he can kind of fill that scoring, uh, scoring void. And I'm, I'm very curious to see how Trey would fill that role. Like I, I like him coming off the bench as more of a six man, but maybe this is a situation where J dub is able to fill in that six man void and, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. Trey man gets promoted up to the starting lineup. Yeah. So, so opening night, you know, obviously Chet's already out. Shea could be out. If Shea is out opening night, who's the best player on the floor? Josh Giddy. Yeah, I was gonna say Josh, but I wanted to think that through. But I think I think Lou's gonna shoot the piss out of the ball. <laughs> I as really he think should, so. As he should. Hey, I I tweeted this after the Shea news yesterday. Bit of a like a tinfoil hat theory stuff. Kyrie. <laughs> Not that far. <laughs> Not that far. I uh I don't know. I just, this isn't a feeling. And if it is a feeling, it's a feeling of hope. But I wonder, like, let's say this does happen, that Shea misses the first week of the season. And your starters are Josh at the one, Lou at the two, J-Dub at three, Baisley at four, JRE at five. And those preseason games during camp and those first few regular season games, J Dub looks legit. Like he's he's guarding, uh, he's running in transition, he's hitting threes, uh, he's playmaking a bit, he's doing everything you could possibly want. This is mainly just for my brand, honestly, <laughs> just so I can be right. What happens when Shea comes back? Like, is am I crazy to think that maybe they just say F it and they go Shea, Lou, Josh, J Dub, JRE? You play, you can play Josh. I mean. Guys, Josh is 6'8", 6'9", like 225. Probably the biggest, tallest guy in the starting lineup you proposed. Yeah, He I can mean, guard he, he almost can every guard four. four. Mm-hmm. He can guard four. J-Dub can guard four. Besides Minnesota, they played twice in the first three games. That is true. Josh starting the four there. <laughs> Which leads us to Yama. So, you know, win, win, win. But I just, I, I know this is just a hypothetical. This is Jacob's hopes and dreams because everything's been dashed with Chet getting injured. But I, I could foresee a reality where Baisley doesn't start the season off well. J-Dub looks really good and really comfortable being a, a guy who's like, what, 21 coming into the league? He's a junior. Um, you know, he's got a little more experience. He's, he's a little more ready. And him just him starting because of an injury and seizing the opportunity and not letting it go. No, I think that's very accurate. That's my dream. That's like what I, I said, I, I, I mentioned this, I think like a couple of weeks ago on a podcast, but I, not that these players are very similar and the roles that they'll play for this team, but in terms of their development path, right? Like we think about Poku, who spent a lot of time with the Blue, even Trey Mann, who has spent, uh, spent time with the Blue off and on. I kind of viewed J-Dub as more of like a Darius Baisley, where I'd be very surprised to see him spending time with the Blue compared to Nick's point earlier, like in uh, Jane, right? Mm-hmm. And so 
to your point, Jacob, like it would not surprise me to see him get some of those starting minutes. Although I don't think it'll be a permanent thing, especially early on in the season with Shea out. Um, because that's such a dignal and pressy thing to want to like rotate guys through there. So we can see some Aaron mm-hmm. Wiggins, some J dub, some Jang to, uh, gosh, that was a lot of twang there. Some Jang to <laughs> Nick's point, etc. Right. So we're talking about guys who could fill Shea's position. Um, if he's out for regular season games, let me give you guys a player list and I want you to put them in order of most likely to least likely, um, most effective to least effective, maybe, um, whatever. It, they don't have to replicate. Nobody's replicating what Shea does. But as far as fit, and it makes sense to put them in the starting lineup, if we assume it is Josh Liu, Baisley, JRE, here are your list of players you need to put in order. Okay, let's leave J-Dub out because I think we put him at the top. Usman Jang, Alexei Pukashevsky, Aaron Wiggins, Kenrich Williams. Put those four in order. Kenrich is at the top. Yeah, that gets really hard because... That's what she said. <laughs> in a vacuum, if you're like... Well, I don't know what, what she's doing with the vacuum, but... Jesus. She's getting it hard. Oh, oh my and, gosh. Uh, right, okay, okay, right, okay, right. okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> and she's taking Kendra Williams to uh, Nick's point, but... Now I wonder how Summer got pregnant. <laughs> Balls of back. Yeah, anyways, long story. However, <laughs> I think mm-hmm. Nick's right in assuming Kenrich yeah, gets that role, but like where this team is at and... Again, we're going to get into some of Pressy's comments, but he goes on a 30-minute monologue about like the not rushing things and giving players opportunity. I do wonder, kind of back to, again, what Nick said uh, here not too long ago, is that Jang like get some of those minutes as well. I don't think we'll see just Kenrich Williams starting in his place for two weeks until Shea's back. I think we'll see Kenrich for a game. I think we'll see Jang for a game. We'll see Poku for a game. Right? Oh, interesting. See, I think they would want consistency. Ooh, Jane will be the, the tallest guy in the starting lineup. Yeah. Not that he's going to guard the center. So but... you put Kenrich at number one. Who's at number two? Um, I'll put it this way. Kenrich is my one, and it's not close. Wiggins is my four, and it's probably not close. Ooh. And I think Zhang and Poku are toss-ups. Okay. Interesting. See, I was going to probably go Zhang second, maybe Wiggins third. Okay, so it Do sounds you like you guys... Poku? I think Poku would be last. You guys have reason? Kenrich, Jang, and then Wiggins or Poku maybe interchangeable there at the end. I just think Wiggins has earned minutes over the past season because Dignant can trust him. And we've seen multiple instances where Dignant cannot trust Poku. And even though they want to get Poku those developmental minutes, maybe even, dare I say, over Wiggins. If he's not able to take advantage of those, like Wiggins is able to, I mean, you've got to play Wiggins over Poku in that situation. That Where does, sense. if I insert a fifth player, Trey Mann, where does he fall yeah. in that hierarchy? Pretty high. Does he go to number one, Nick? Mm. Only because I don't like his fit with Josh and Lou, per se. I agree. No. 
Um, I think he's probably number two behind Kinrich, like in who would be most effective as a starter. I don't know about with that lineup, but I don't know. Back to Taylor's comment. If Wiggins is truly getting minutes over Poku, is it like time to give up on Poku? Like if Aaron Wiggins Correct. is getting minutes over Poku. Correct. That's not a good sign. I don't think that's same, actually going to be the case, but is that a Same bad, thing bad? if like to Jacob's point that he's been, again, this was with a fully healthy, uh, healthy roster, but if Baisley finds himself out of, out of the rotation at times or struggling in the rotation even, probably a similar, a similar situation with him. So yes, to your point, Nick, like as much as I want to see Poku succeed, if he is being supplanted, you know, those, those minutes are going away because players like Wiggins uh, and others are getting that playing time. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. And you know what, like kind of to what we'll eventually transition into here. Pressy spent some time on that. There are going to be quote unquote NBA players. Not to say that necessarily <laughs> Oku is there yet. Right. Um, they're going to be players that they're going to have to release that will go other places and hopefully will flourish. And I think, like or to worth, I don't know if Teo's the NBA player. Will be, yeah. Will be some of those casualties. Well, I have some thoughts on Poku. We'll get to those here in a bit. My last question over the Shea stuff, though. Second to last question. Does this hurt his already kind of rough, shaky uh, all-star hopes? If he misses two two weeks, a week and a half of the regular season, is that pretty much already put in, put a nail in a coffin for his all star hopes? No, but he better damn sure come back with some authority. Yeah, can't come back and like need every to ramp up single yeah. game. Like, and the Thunder probably need to win a majority of those games, um, or be very very close <laughs> in doing so. I, I'm with you, Nick. I think I, I think agree. Presty talked about. Uh, when the team arrives today, declaring themselves. Yep. Shane needs to do that. The day he suits up game one, whether it's the first game of the thunder season or his first game is two weeks in. Like he has to, like he has to be the guy. You know what, Nick, that, that is a really interesting point. And maybe uh, Jacob, if I go a little too far here, we can save this for later on when we're talking about, uh, talking about Presley's comments, but I kind of had a similar thought, Nick, like he's talking about the team declaring themselves, but what if a individual player declares themselves first, even if the rest of the team isn't quite ready? I I do wonder if, if Shea would be that player to do so uh, this season. So I'm with you. It'll be very interesting to see a, when he comes back and what he looks like when he does come back. Mm -hmm. Last question. Give me a prediction. When is the first game Shea Gildas Alexander suits up and starts oh for the Oklahoma City Thunder? Let me pull up my calendar here. I have the uh, Thunder. Uh, you read us the first <laughs> six games, Taylor. The date and day of week. Well, if I'm going to do that, I'm just going to Google it. But I can pull it up here pretty quick. I got, I got it right here for you guys. Oh, thank um, you. The Thunder's first game of the season would be exactly four weeks after the announcement of his injury. Uh, which is the ninth Wednesday, the nineteenth against the Timberwolves. Homer away, away, yeah, away, away, away game. Yeah, 
two days later, three days later, they are away on the Saturday night, the 22nd, at the Nuggets. The next night, Sunday, they are at home against the Timberwolves. Back to back. Sunday night, they're at home against the Timberwolves. Tuesday night, they're at home against the Clippers. Thursday night, they're at home against the Clippers. Saturday night, they are away at the Mavs. That would be uh, five and a half weeks from the injury. And then right at six weeks from the injury is the home game against Orlando on national TV. That feels like the one chief. It does. It does. It absolutely does. I do wonder. So that though, so Nick's going the Orlando game on November one. Taylor, very, what game are you going with? Very hard for me to argue against that, uh, but just for the sake of the podcast, assuming that maybe the Thunder would want him to kind of ramp up just a bit <laughs> until that game. Uh, like you mentioned, Jacob, there are three straight home games. The homestand, October twenty third, twenty fifth, twenty seventh. I think somewhere within that homestand. Let's go ahead and just say, for the sake of this, uh, October 25th, which is right smack dab in the middle of that homestand, uh, he would come back against the Clippers October 25th. Let's let's say this: if he's I'm not taking playing, the season opener, October 19th. Okay, well, if he, I'm, not, I'm not I'm not disagreeing. With, with I hope there, so. If he doesn't play the season opener, he's also not playing the second game. I don't see them throwing him out there for it. If he doesn't play game. the season opener, I think It'd maybe the, the, home, the opener. home opener. Yeah, the home opener. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. agreed. Good point. I think the three three most likely buckets are season opener, home opener, or that home stand. And if none of those, like the Orlando game, circle it. He'll want to be at that one. He hadn't been on national TV in a long time. That's a good point. I hope that's not his first game back because he'll be a little rusty. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's why I was trying to go a little before that TNT game. I hope hope he's got a couple of games under his belt by that national televised game because when he plays in that game, who from Orlando was guarding him? Nobody. Is it Suggs? Who's going to draw the assignment? Is it Suggs? Uh, is it um, who's the the little point guard that I hate that they have? Cole, Cole Anthony. Anthony. Oh Cole my Anthony. god, he'd give oh. Cole Anthony a fifty okay, piece. Here's a question for you: Who's more likely to play in that Orlando game, SGA or John Jonathan Isaac? Isaac? Oh god, Jonathan Isaac's going to be at a rally somewhere. He's not playing. He'll be too busy to play basketball. What is he's up not, with him, man? He's going to be not off, not off the somewhere. court. We we know it's going off the court, but like, oh, oh yeah, on the court, it's it's such a weird thing. Yeah, it ain't good. I Orlando fans are very high on him. Like, well, I'm. I mean, he's a the perfect Jonathan like, Isaac long forward crossover. Yeah. <laughs> Theoretically, no, absolutely, like he fits that team. Perfectly. I mean, he fits any team perfectly. Yeah. Theoretically, he's good if he can never play basketball again. Yeah, right. I mean, he was good when he did play. Is my point. Theoretically, Amani Bates is good at basketball. He is about to spend the next decade in jail. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Let's take a quick moment. Tell our listeners about um, our, our shirts sponsor and our sponsors. Go Oklahoma um, City Jail. <laughs> hey, if we can get the jail to sponsor the pod, I do a live pod from the jail. Jesus. Would you not? <laughs> Live from here. We're here live from cell 31B. Bobby just got Sebastian Pelfair and his Xbox. Some guys breathing down your neck. Yeah, here's a (sighs) special guest, DeAndre Liggins. That's what I meant. Gosh, I feel terrible. Uh, Sebastian Pelfair is in prison for gun charges. Okay, good. So he was supposed to be so he was a phenom coming up. 
who was uh <laughs> we got robert yeah. swift joining us after the break all right we get, we're going to the day <laughs> what's up thunder fans this is jacob from the uncontested podcast and i'm here to let you know that we have fully redesigned our merch store to get you the best thunder swag available just visit cottonbureau.com and search the uncontested podcast to find all of our new designs that's C-O-T-T-O-N-B-U-R-E-A-U dot com and search The Uncontested Podcast to find new drops like Josh Giddy's Wizard of Oz or an ode to the Trey Man Step Back. We've also got all the classics like Dortal Combat, Lu Tang Clan, and everyone's favorite MVP, Shay Gilgis Alexander. The best part? You can get any design in the style of apparel you want. So if you're gearing up for the summer and want a tank top, needing a hoodie for the winter in Australia, or you're wanting a Pokemon onesie for your baby, we've got you covered. Make sure to go to CottonBureau.com and search The Uncontested Podcast to get your new Thunder gear today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And we are back. Um, I got some more jokes to fire off, but I'm not going to do it. No, 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 no. Please don't. <laughs> Sam Presti held a press conference today that lasted for like two hours. Uh, it was awesome to, for him to just spend that time to to give us all of this this 
insight, um, all these quotes. It started off with a 30-minute monologue. Uh, the dude just like, he, he's A, he's not afraid to lay some stuff out. B, uh, as a history teacher, I've had to teach Greek philosophy in the past. Uh, and I feel like anytime I listen to Sam Presti, I'm listening to Socrates uh, give a speech. Uh, Taylor, can you give us just a few of the quotes you found interesting from that opening 30-minute monologue? Uh, a lot of it was about rebuilding, tanking, um, not skipping steps, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, man. Oh, so I scrolled a little too far here, unfortunately. Um, one thing that he mentioned maybe one of the, the earliest things. And again, I'm just kind of scrolling through um, some of the things I was listening on my laptop while trying to work, while also trying to tweet from the account. Uh, but one of the earliest things that I thought was interesting is he brought up, you know, the Thunder having also just a quick aside. He's bringing up things like Shea rumors, you know, Lou Dort's new contract, um, the Thunder having what I'm about to get into, the quote-unquote toughest schedule the only way he would know these things if is technically if he's following along on social media. Um, and I understand that he has people who does that for him. I, I do not doubt that one bit. Hopefully it's not with, the same guys that do oh, it for that being uh, said. I mean, Doc Rivers. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, it, it see, he made, like, made a comment about smartphones and you know him. Be, even I'm addicted to my smartphone. I don't know. All that being said, I think... I think Sam might have some burns out there on uh, Twitter.com. Regardless, I hope so. Sam's <laughs> Sam's a frequenter at the Thunder subreddit. He obviously has seen, yeah, that's right, subreddit as well. But he's obviously seen the uh, stats about the Thunder having the quote unquote toughest schedule. Uh, so one of the things that he mentioned was, you know, being in an incredibly competitive Western Conference. This young team, being young, something that we've mentioned a lot about on this podcast over the past month, two months, they're going to lose games simply because of that. However, he thinks it's a great thing for this team because they're essentially going to be able to play against some of this elite competition in the league on a night and night out basis. That's going to make them better, quicker, and uh, and and more long-term. So I thought that was interesting. I'm kind of curious your guys' thoughts on the Thunder's tough schedule and being in the Western Conference. Same obviously sees that kind of as a positive Short-term because, you know, technically it's going to get you a better draft pick, but also long-term because of development for his young players. I'm with it. I, th I think it's it's a valid statement. Um, like, a tough schedule, you're going to get your brains beat in a lot, which some people would argue is, like, bad for the culture. Um, but I, I, think, I think he's... I, I, you would rather these guys play against the Lakers and the Clippers and the Suns and the Mavs every night than you would then play against the Rockets and the Spurs and the Jazz every single night. Like it's, it's very simple. You learn way more about yourself when you lose than when yeah, you win. Totally. You're way more coachable when you lose rather than when you win. When you win, I, a perfect example of this. Do you guys remember the Paul George mellow Russ year? Uh, early in the season where Golden State came to town. Oh, yeah. And they just like bludgeoned Golden State. And we yep. were all like, holy shit, this yep. team is good. And Steven Adams was the one that said, we just made a lot of shots. Like we did a lot of stuff wrong. Winning can mask places of growth. I think losing illuminates places of growth. Uh, it, it humbles you uh, and it makes you realize like, I've got things I got to get better at. Uh, 
a way more learning opportunities and losses. Uh, and I think playing up against good competition, like, hell yeah, I want Usman Jang and J-Dub and Trey Mann playing against and seeing the attention to detail that the the Clippers have, that the Nuggets have. Um, sometimes I think just getting your damn brains beat in by 30, there's not really much you can learn from that. What about by 72? Yeah, I don't think there's much you can learn from that either. Um, but these games where they lose by 8, 6, 10, there's a lot of things you can learn about in that. You know, you go back and you watch film and you say, hey, there's these five possessions where if we win half of them, we probably win the basketball game. And it's that attention to detail. I'm I'm totally into it. Bring it on. I agree. I agree completely. Now, something else that he mentioned, and again, I kind of forget the context here. So, Nick if or Jacob, either of you, if you remember, uh, feel free to chime in. But Sam went into talking a bit about Shea, Josh, Chet. Those were the three he specifically mentioned. But I do not want to leave out Lou Dort here because Lou was mentioned plenty of times. And uh, not only Sam's opener, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> of this press conference, but also in some of his answers as well to the questions he received. So Lou's obviously a, a long-term piece, I think, that that Presty made sure to allude to. However, Sam had this quote that, you know, Shay is just uh, entering his pre-prime years. Josh, Chet, some of the other guys we have are still a few years away from getting to that point. At some point in the near future, you'll have some of these tenures overlap, and that's exciting. We can have a lot of fun with that. So obviously, you know, it's no, there's not a lot to elaborate off of that, but the fact that Presley has this long-term vision is something he like reiterated over and over in those first 30 minutes. And, um, you know, I, I, I think he obviously <laughs> is not trying to take any shortcuts, but, but sees these current players on this team overlapping, uh, pinking at their primes, and therefore maybe they don't, they don't have to be the next team to go and trade for a Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert, for example. Curious your guys' thoughts on that. Nick, I thought it was fascinating, that quote. Uh, just something I picked out. It could be absolutely nothing, but the players he mentioned by name was he said, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Josh Giddy, Chet Holmgren. Mm-hmm. And and there was, I think, another instance where those were the three names that he mentioned. Those are the three names that we as fans mentioned as well. They're the highest upside guys. Uh, anything to that? Is that just like, hey, these are like... I, I just think it's interesting that he acknowledged that this, this has been a franchise that... I mean, you guys probably know this as, just as well as anyone. Whenever they do promotional stuff, they never feature a player. It's always like team oriented, or there's promotional stuff for each of the players. Um, you know, it, whenever it was the KD era, they didn't have a bunch of KD images everywhere in the Chesapeake Energy Arena back then, the the Ford Center or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they had players of pictures of like everybody, right? It was always supposed to be a familial uh, team culture. And so I find it interesting that he likes the guys that he mentioned by name were those three. Yeah. And I, I mean, those are the three guys that if we had to put money on who's going to be on the team in five years, those are the easy three names. And I also think like when he's up there giving a monologue or answering a question, he can't list off everybody. I think the more guys he names, the less familial, if that's the word you use, like if he would have named six guys or seven guys, 
the more trouble that's, he that's, like that's finds half himself the team. In. That's half the team he did mention that he didn't mention. I think him. So those other like, players worry. They're like, oh shoot, it's, I'm it's on the, the main. Block. It's the yeah. main three guys. It's probably the, I mean, it is the first three guys that pop in their heads. It's the best three players, and he probably just left it at that. Like there was probably other guys in his head he wanted to say. That's why he went to some other guys. But I don't know if I read too much into that. What what I did find interesting, um, kind of tinfoil hat here again. Like Jacob said, we all talk about summer of twenty three as like this, you know. You get a get a high draft pick. You push in some chips. You maybe expedite the rebuild. I think Presti made it pretty clear today. Like, there's no defined timelines. It's all about the CBA. Like, I think I think in, in his head he probably thinks next summer could be the summer, could be. But if the CBA throws a weird wrench or there's something he doesn't like, he even alluded to we burn we been burned twice with yes. CBA or rising yep. salary cap. Like, in his head it probably is 23. Like next next summer could be the summer where we push some chips in a little. But if he didn't like some of the stuff in the CBA, don't be shocked when next summer's not the summer. He mentioned that to your point, Nick, and uh, he mentioned that in his thirty-minute monologue that we're we're talking about right now. But also, and one of the answers, uh, I believe, was Andrew Schlecht. I think Andrew asked him about like what does it actually mean when you say that this team needs to declare themselves, and he goes on this like the longest answer he gave all day was the answer to that question. It was about another ten or so minutes. And that was one of the things that he alluded to, Nick, was the upcoming CBA. And not just that question, or sorry, not just that answer, but he mentioned that multiple times. Like, we'll see with the CBA, you know, the next CBA, maybe that'll change the value of draft picks, although I highly doubt it. You know, there's a couple comments just like that. Obviously, those aren't direct quotes, but I found that very interesting as well. And to your point, Nick, I think it was uh, it, in response to Andrew's question where he said that specifically, like, we've been burned twice. Um Third time, it's not going to happen. I found um, that very interesting as well. Real quick on that, and not to take us down a rabbit hole, but we all think summer of 2023 because that's what other people say, and we kind of cling to these ideas, um, hoping that they're true. And Nick, I think you bring up a great point of like, if the CBA doesn't look how they want it to, maybe their plans alter. Just another thought. I'm not saying this is true. I'm not saying that I think this is true. I just think it's important that we look at things from all angles. What if they're maybe worried about some of the the limits on the next CBA, and so they decide they need to get someone in before the next CBA hits? You also can't control when guys are available and getting traded. Like, what if Shea does make the All-Star game this year, and the team's not playing well, uh, but Shea is looking awesome? And a player that they're really interested in becomes available at the trade deadline. Yep. And Presti thinks maybe now's the time to pounce. Maybe if I get this guy on the roster now, um, that would help because the the new CBA maybe has some sort of limit on me adding somebody mm-hmm. uh, once the new CBA hits. And so getting them on the roster now and having them before the CBA hits. And this contract will be more valuable on my roster. I will play devil's advocate. Okay. On this specific example, because I think one of the biggest changes in the CBA is going to be around player movement. And there's going to be penalties for players like Kevin Durant that ask out in their first year. Like if you demand a trade and get traded, you're going to lose salary. If it's like year one, it's a huge you know, salary reduction. If it's year four or five, maybe not so much. I almost think the new CBA is going to try to try to limit guys. Like if, if, if teams are going to fulfill their end of the bargain, 
And if they give you 20 mil a year and you suck, they still got it's guaranteed money. They got to pay you. The players also got to hold up their end. You can't, you can't sign a five-year deal and demand a trade year one without being penalized. So I almost wonder if the CBA almost makes Shea more valuable or, or less likely to jump ship. And so they end up keeping him. This is just that one specific scenario. Well, yeah, but along with that, Nick, if that's the case, let's say there was some sort of stipulation in the new CBA that limits how you trade guys because of, of everything that's happened. Maybe that means you read the writing on the wall and you realize maybe a guy this summer that we want to trade for isn't going to be available when that new CBA hits. So I got to strike now. Yeah, but who's... If you're trading for a guy that Shea's not involved in the deal, totally agree. Yeah, but, that's what I, that's what I was meaning. Okay, okay. I thought you were to make like trading Shea for like somebody. Oh no, else. no, no, no. I'm saying okay. Shea is awesome, and got you it. decide got it, got it. our our process has been expedited. This guy has arrived. We need to get him a running. Mate agree with now. that. Agree with that. Totally, totally. But you know, Shea, like, I don't think there's another guy in the league that you would trade one oh, for no, one. No, no, for no. Shea I'm sorry. Of I did, that I, reason that that was that was on my fault for not like clarifying that yeah um, one guy that i think about again like let's say that was a thing nick rj barrett just signed a five-year deal yeah right like he's the guy that i think about like could you decide hey we'll we'll send you some young guys and a lou dort or whatever and and a couple of picks to go get rj barrett because now would, we know now the would, new C- yeah now would be the time yeah when the new cba hits there's gonna be penalties for yeah. Uh, trading a guy, not upholding your end of the bargain, yada, yada, yada. I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. Just a thought. I, I think it's important for us to be cerebral on this and look at things from all angles. For sure. I agree. And so um, there's obviously a lot more comments, and we, we can go back to some of these. I think that, that Pressy had in his opening you know, 30-minute monologue. However, to your guys' point, one of the things, like I said, Andrew Schlecht asked about, like, essentially, what does it mean for this team to declare themselves and Presley went on a very long-winded answer and it kind of goes back to what both of you were just discussing. He mentioned against confidence. He mentioned, uh, and he went even further into like, there's so many rabbit holes we can go down in some of Presley's comments, which led to this two hour presser, which is honestly like I, for me personally is so appreciated um, from a fandom standpoint, from a media standpoint, like they're, I think about the New York Knicks who don't even do this. And for Sam to spend two hours uh, after last season and to start the season with the media and again, communicating his thanks for the media, you know, uh, communicating that to fandom. I I just find that really um, encouraging. And I I appreciate that from Sam. Anyways, he mentioned games of confidence, consistency in play, not rushing to make an acquisition for an area of need. And he specifically mentioned because what if, there is a solution on the roster already that is present or emerging on the current roster. I just found like some of those comments very, in, uh, very interesting in, in terms of what it means for this roster to declare themselves. So you guys were talking about like, what if Shay's an all-star? Seems like, okay, that would be great. But what about the rest of the team? Mm-hmm. I'm curious your guys' thoughts on those comments. Yeah, no, it makes sense. You know, uh, it makes a lot of sense, especially for young guys who you have a lot more contractual control over. I think that's just kind of how it is. Yeah. I mean, the moral of the story, and we get this every time Sam talks, not rushing this, be patient. It's about sustained playoffs, uh, playoff appearances, not about a flash in the pan. 
overall um, improvement over a long period of time. We're we're going to be better quote. tomorrow than we were today. We're better today than we were yesterday. Like it's 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 not like I don't I don't fault him for continuing to push that message because even when he does push it, the national narrative does not change. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I mean. I do think like a lot of what he says has to be a bit filtered because of his position he's in. He can't just say what's on his mind all the time. But I do think he genuinely means I will I will play this out until I'm ready to push the button. Yeah. And for what it's worth, as a podcast, we like to talk about, oh, is it the summer of 2023? Is it the season of 2023? Is it the next year in 2024? Because we like to have things to talk about. For what it's worth, I don't think they have a timeline. I think I, I don't think they're sitting in the office at the Paycom Center um with a timeline drawn out. This is where we'll be here. This is where I think for them it's we'll know when the moment's right. And with the when the moment's right, we'll swing at the ball. You know there's too many there's too many unknowns. Like exactly. good luck, good luck and bad luck. Sam likes to talk about that. Bad luck. Chet Holmgren is out this season. Like maybe they were gonna be playoff playing type of team with Chet gone probably lower chance of that. Yeah. Draft lottery. They land one. Maybe it expites a bit. When you get Wimby, you land seven plan changes. You you can't have a predefined timeline. And that's why it's almost funny when we talk about Shea is the timeline. There's also not a timeline. Yeah. I think whenever they believe that they're at the point, they'll pull the trigger and they're yep. not expecting to be at a point at any certain amount of time. They're just here for the ride. They're not projecting yeah. to the future. They're playing in the present. Yep. yep also, yep. last thing before we move on to Shay and Lou, I absolutely love the quote that the NBA isn't chess, it's poker. Because yeah. in chess, everyone starts at the same point. In poker, everyone is dealt a hand, and it's the luck of the draw. Make and the best how, of it. Make the best you of your hand. hand. Here's the thing. If the NBA is, is poker and the poker players are the GMs, Presti's got a hell of a poker face. 100%. He, play, he plays the shit out of those cards. And if draft picks are poker chips, he has quite the uh, accumulation of poker chips that he can cash in when the I love time it. is even right. If he gets, even if he gets dealt a bad hand, he knows how to bluff. He knows when to push the chips in. Exactly, um, and and you also have to wait on what comes on the flop. You know, and he's looking at Danny Ainge with the Utah Jazz, who has a another accumulation of chips, poker chips. He's looking at uh, David Griffin in New Orleans, who also has an accumu- accumulation of poker chips. But when are those three GMs ready to push those to the middle of the table? Um, Sam's going to be, from what I heard today, going to be much more patient and you know going quote unquote all in to continue yeah. our poker analogy he, he, here. He's not, Sam's not waiting for a, uh, a suited 10, eight to push the chips in. Yeah. He's right? not a Rudy Gobert to push all the chips in. Um, he's going to, he's going to make trash on franchises. He's but, not playing anybody else's game. He's playing his game. I like correct. it. Let's talk correct. a little bit about Shay and Lou. So, um, essentially it's kind of stemmed from somebody asking about, you know, Shay trade rumors, uh, essentially now that <laughs> Donovan Mitchell has been traded, and essentially, you know, Sam mentions that you wouldn't even be asking this question if it weren't for Don Mitchell being traded. If he were still on the trade block, we wouldn't be talking about Shea. And kind of went into a similar spill that he had in his exit interview about like this just, you know, being generated for clicks, retweets, likes, etc. However, um, 
one thing that he mentioned, he had a, a direct quote that I found really interesting. You can't get long-term results with short-term people. And he mentioned Shay and Lou as long-term people for OKC. Uh, specifically, he said, we love Shay. He's going to be such a good player. thing about him is you can't get long-term results with short-term people. Neither of Shay, and this is when he brings up Dort unprompted, neither of Shay or Dort are short-term people. They're trying to be part of the 17 team uh when we make our run and so i'm curious your guys' thoughts i mean again that's a specific quote of many different quotes that that pressy had uh reaffirming chase commitment to okc i don't know about you guys what i heard from pressy is he ex- expects shay to be here long term he even like stopped himself short at one point if you go back and listen to the live video of um you know he kind of comparing it to the kd situation and he didn't want to go as far as saying, like, this is, is not going to happen because we've been burned before, but I don't see it happening, is essentially what he was saying. I think as a Thunder fan, you have to be encouraged by it. It sounds like the way the quote is said sounds like, basically to me, I've talked to these guys. I've talked a lot. They want to be here. That's why they signed long-term deals. Um, and we think Shea's really effing good. I also love him just absolutely shitting on everybody about, well, the reason Shea gets talked about getting traded is because Donovan Mitchell got traded, and now they need a new person to put in their narrative. And I was like, damn, Sam. <laughs> Call everybody out, why don't you? Um, but yeah, no, I love it. I uh, At some point, you trade people. like That's the nature of this league. But it sounds like both sides are Thunder and Shea are equally committed right now. And things change. That's not basketball. That's life. But as of right now, it seems like they are both in um, in great a great spot in their relationship. They're both honest and talking. And there is they, they want to continue the relationship. And I think for Thunder fans, that is great to hear. Stop worrying about the dude from the New York Post who can't even spell Shay's name right. Mm-hmm. Um you just heard it from the source, basically, is kind of how I feel on this. We talked about uh, a few weeks ago that SGA's played only one more game than KD the past two years. Not saying his MCL injury is going to ruin a season. But my question is, how many games do you, would you like to see Shea play this season to make you feel comfortable he's not an injury-prone player? Regardless of how many he plays, I don't think he's injury prone, but I'd like to see like 65. Yeah. So you think a guy that that plays less than 50 games for three years straight isn't an injury prone guy? To me, injury prone means like like another great, what they say he's out with a grade one MCL sprain that will be reevaluated on a week to week basis. And he misses the last month and a half of the season, you know? I think last season, if they were playing games that meant something, I don't think he misses very much time because of the ankle. Uh, the plantar fasciitis, it maybe wicked, so. Though. Do what? It was wicked. Though. It was wicked. <laughs> um, I, I think he could, he would have been able to play, right? I, I think I, the the plantar fasciitis one is an interesting one to me. Um, would he have played if they were pushing for the playoffs? Maybe. I, I think a lot of it has been mutual. Uh, to me, being injury prone is like 
if he came back and later on the season that same MCL got hurt, I'd be like, oh, this guy is injury prone. He's a little brittle. Mm-hmm. But it's like different styles of injuries on different legs. And is that almost um, not more concerning though? Like at some point when he's 30, he's had an injury on every piece of his body. I mean, I'm, it's 82 I'm, again, games. It here. No, okay. I know. I know. Uh, I'm not super worried about it okay. personally. Um, now, if he plays 40 games this season, next summer, I might be like, okay, this is, this is a little worrisome. Uh, but I, it, it's all my, fun and games now when it doesn't matter yeah. if they're losing. But when Oklahoma City is trying to make the playoffs, if Shea plays 54 games during the season, misses two games in a seven-game series, you you really change your perception of the player. Yeah. I mean, next season, whenever they're bringing in Chet, they're bringing in presumably another top 10 pick. They're bringing back first-team all-rookie J-Dub. Um, and uh, Rising Stars champion Josh Giddy, uh, and it looks like they're ready to to do some damage, and he plays 50 games, we have a problem, right? right. But right now, like, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. So the last couple of things here, just I'm going to rapid fire. You guys can discuss kind of to uh, round this out. He mentioned uh, Chet's injury being... Not so much a development issue. He he's not concerned about chest development at all. In fact, he actually views it as, believe it or not, like we discussed here two months ago, whenever it happened, uh, or gosh, I guess only about a month ago. Um, he mentioned it as beneficial for Chet. However, he said the the biggest. I'm trying to remember the exact quote to be careful here. Um, essentially, the the biggest challenge for the Thunder, um, the biggest disappointment for the Thunder was a tactical reason not being able to see him play alongside guys like Shea. Yeah, you want to see how they fit. Season. Exactly. Exactly. He also mentioned uh he was asked about the the comments from David um Holt about the new arena and he mentioned how strong that the the civic leadership is with the Thunder and how he's not concerned about that. Mentioned Chip England some Mitch's comments that I'm sure Oh no, 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 no. Dive into all of it. No. Dive into all of it. Stop. No. Stop. We're not talking Vasily Mitrich. I refuse this, to. This this isn't uh, this isn't new information. Like we've known this forever, but every time it comes up, I, I said this in the Slack earlier. Like blows my mind that Sam Presti took over an NBA franchise at 29 years old is bonkers. That's crazy. Like if if that was me, I would have been GM for three years already. I wouldn't even. Is that think not I, crazy? I'm 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 not 29 yet, but I mean I'm not that far off. And to think that like to even being a position where like GM is obtainable in a couple of years for me doesn't even like it's like most people his age when he got GMs were like entry level video scouts mm-hmm. and like doing spreadsheet crunching or like like Mark became a head coach at what 34 35 and he's the youngest guy in the league. Sam would have already had six years of experience as a GM. That's crazy. And, to, and, and not only was he 29, he drafted KD Russ Harden and built a <laughs> dynasty in like a year and a half. Like 18 months into his tenure, he had like a championship young core of guys under 21 that are future Hall of Famers. Insane. Nick, last thing I want to touch on before we leave. I don't have the quotes in front of me. Maybe you do. Taylor had to go do baby stuff. Um some interesting comments about Alexei Pokushevsky. 
some real, some real honest comments. Like, he said he think he feels like Poku's improved and had a yeah. good summer. I mean, he wasn't going to go in front of the media and say, "Man, Poku sucks." <laughs> you know, he he did say Poku sucked at times last year. Yeah, but like he's he could have not said anything about Poku. Could have. But he said, you know, we think he's had a really good summer. We're, we're excited, yada, yada, yada. My question for you, does that move the needle for you at all? I'm talking like a little thick of the needle. It just moves a little bit of a move on Poku having a bigger role. Or does Poku compete for that spot that Baisley, that we have like penciled in for Darius Baisley as a starter? I've got two answers. Okay. I do think Poku challenges Baisley for a starting spot. Maybe not opening night, but at some point. Uh, Sam's comments do not move the needle for me because game action... I mean, you can see improvement in an open gym at practice or scrimmage. But at the end of the day, it's all about game play. Like, you think Mellow, Hoodie Mellow looks good in pickup runs? Imagine seven foot Poku with guard skills and pickup runs. Like he yeah. probably looks like a god, but when he touches a real floor, it's a different game. Yeah. So even if, and this happens in the NFL every year, there's training camp, all the podcasts and the media is talking about, oh, this rookie, like he's dominating practice. These linemen can't block him. He's sacking the quarterback every play. And then he's like a healthy scratch week one. You couldn't even make the 53 man roster, right? Poku could have a great camp. We're going to hear from Mark like every day for three weeks straight in training camp and, and preseason. Poku could look great. He could be knocking down his threes and he looks more comfortable. But until I see it in a game, I don't buy a damn thing. That's fair. When Presti says he thinks Poku had a good summer and made a lot of progress and, and got better. He should have. He had a where, whole summer. Yeah. Where is one place? It's probably his first full regular summer too. Where is one place where you think if Poku got better in this thing, he could like legit like be pushing for a starting spot in training camp? What is that one thing? Decision making. Okay, interesting. Mine is physicality. And I think a lot of people would say three point shooting, but I just think like we, we, I've I'm like preaching to the choir now because I've said this so many times. I don't think Poku has star upside i think we thought eh, maybe seven footer when we drafted him it was like maybe he's a star one day i think that's off the table like he's he is a his ceiling is a really 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 good versatile two-way role player mm -hmm. which i still think he could be but to do that he's gotta like fit on an nba court i get physicality totally agree with he's super skinny three-point shots not good but even if he if he gained 30 pounds and started knocking down threes like if he's going to be doing stupid behind the head passes and turning, turning the ball over, over and recklessly, not being yeah. disciplined, it doesn't matter. And for me, the skinniness has nothing to do with the physicality. Okay. Uh, okay. It's, it's the, it's the, the mindset, mindset yeah. right? Like poke the MF or he, yeah, he needs that dog, <laughs> which Presty did say these guys have, uh, what do you say? They're the underdogs. Yeah. They've got a lot of fight in them. I was like, Presty, just say it, man. He's got that dog in him. They got that dog in him. <laughs> all right nick anything else you got uh no i mean excited for monday we're gonna hear a lot of stuff um most of it will be filler like it's not really gonna mean anything but it'll give us something to talk about um 
there's going to be some guys that say some cool stuff that that'll make us super hype about seeing them play. And preseason is like what two weeks away? Like it's two very weeks close. away. Very yep. close. J Dub, welcome to the league. I can't wait. Hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in, tuning into the uncontested. Like I said at the beginning of the show, go drop that five star rating wherever you get your podcasts at. Write a little review. I'll mail you out a sticker. Just DM your review to me. Take a screenshot and uh, shoot me your address. Hats are coming in. Uh, we'll publicize them whenever they get here. You can't order them online. You got to get them straight through us. It's a limited run. They're going to be dope. Uh, cool uncontested events coming up. We got a lot of stuff. Nick, it's basketball season, baby. Finally. We are back. We'll be back with you guys again Monday night. No show Sunday. Monday night after Thunder Media availability, uh, about 9 p.m., we will be live on the show talking everything that we heard from all the players and the coaches. So join us then. Tune in. We will see you then. Have a great weekend. And as always, Thunder Up. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.